Welcome to the Leadership Works Podcast with Chris and Karen Conley. We are so excited to be back with you today for part two as we talk about designing exceptional service. You might not be a business owner. I want to encourage you. You still need to listen. Every single one of us will have great takeaways from this topic. Chris, tell us a little bit about the fun context in which we were able to be beneficiaries of this great information that we're sharing with people. What I said in the last podcast was we always love to learn from the best. So we're always looking to see who is the best at what they do. Just last year, you and I, we went to a seminar in New York called The Story. We were learning from a guy that really is an amazing screenwriter and has taught a lot of actors and a lot of directors and Oscar winners before, just because in what we do is we tell stories and we're telling the greatest story ever, which is the gospel. And so we went and learned from someone who actually was an atheist, someone who doesn't really have any understanding whatsoever as to the gospel or appreciation for the gospel, but the man really knew the dynamics a story. So we went and learned from him in that way. We know how to filter through what's nonsense and what's true and how to apply it and use it for the gospel. In this particular podcast, we sent a couple staff members down to Disney to understand how this place creates such a magical experience and how people walk away from Disney raving fans and they're always talking about these memories that last a lifetime and what if your company could provide the customer service that Disney does what if your church could provide the customer service that Disney does but you add the heart of God to it I believe that every single person The first step to reaching them is to care about them. And the first step to actually causing someone to take interest in the things of God is to serve. So sometimes we approach them with truth first. We want to try to reach them by convincing them. Let's not reach them by convincing them. Let's reach them by caring about them. Let's reach them by serving them. Then we'll introduce them to the truth of our God along the way. So therefore, we want to share with you some of the best practices of Disney in the world of customer service. But we also want to do it in such a way that we apply it to the life of High Point Church and show you how we've kind of baptized these best practices and now have given them a spiritual purpose. I think every believer would embrace the fact that we don't want our culture to be better at things than the church is. We don't want to continue to be this second-rate, uncreative, boring, predictable place when we have the God of all creativity. We have the God of all excellence. For us to be proactive and say, if we're going to reach the next generation, if we're going to reach those that are de-churched, How do we do it in a way that is going to meet them where they're at and care for them and serve them in such a way that God's word has time for those seeds to be planted and for us to see the fruit from that? So last time we talked about this premise of designing exceptional service. If you missed our first podcast, go listen to it. We don't want to repeat ourselves. We've only got a limited amount of time. But we talked about three core principles last time, the purpose, the customer, and the business. And we had a chance to talk 
talk about that purpose and how critical it is to have a defined purpose. Chris, maybe we can pick up with our second principle in this podcast. And this is so incredibly important. And that is to understand the customer holistically. Give us some context, both in the corporate setting for those that are listening in that, and then for every believer. Why is it so important that we look holistically at each and every person? First of all, I am completely shocked that you, as a linear person that has to go A, B, C, that you're wanting me to jump in on principle two instead of principle one. I'm trying. I mean, you are just like throwing me for a complete and total loop. You want me to actually jump in on principle two. So just for the sake to make sure that you're feeling okay about this, I'm just going to repeat principle one, and then we'll jump in with principle two. Principle one, your organization must have a purpose. So what we said is that Disney's purpose was we create happiness by providing the finest in the entertainment for people of all ages everywhere. It's not just about profit, right? But your profit must contribute to a greater purpose. So that's principle one. What our audience doesn't know is that when blockbusters used to exist in this world, I always had to go in and start on the left side at A and go all the way around. That's how linear I And we could I not am. pick a movie until she went through the entire <laughs> alphabet, all right? And this characteristic is still very present in her life. And so I was just completely stunned for a moment He's there. on the floor in the studio right now. So, okay, so now we can move along in proper order to principle number two. So principle number two is that you must understand the customer holistically. So you can never have exceptional customer service without a profound understanding of who your customer is. One of the things that always impresses people, if you are a consistent customer at a place and all of a sudden the people that work there, they learn your name and they begin to greet you by name, everybody loves it when someone knows their name. So the more you begin to learn about a customer, and and nowadays with all the technology and people understand our buying patterns and things of that nature, and they can begin to predict what you want. You go into Starbucks and you're always there at the same hour of the day and stuff, and they know that you are Karen Conley and you want a chai tea non fat latte. Almost got it right. All right, what is it? A non fat. Non fat. Chai, chai tea latte. Chai tea latte. I don't drink girly drinks, I drink black coffee. <laughs> See, what happens is when we have a profound understanding of our customer, we can serve our customer better. When you understand the customer, you can extend far beyond the boundaries of traditional customer service. So let me give you an example of that. At High Point, what we try to do is we try to create a profile of who is the target customer. So we've got like High Point Harrison, and then we've got High Point Hannah. And like I said earlier in the first podcast, they're 35 years old. They're married. Average age in the life of our church right now is about 33. So we're focusing on this target. And the importance of understanding a target is you reach people most effectively 20 years below your target, 20 years above your target. So, you know, if we've got a target age of 35, we're going to be most effective at 15 to 35 and then 35 to 55. So they're 35 years old. They're married with two kids. Well, if we understand they have two kids and then we know kind of the ages of their kids and then we know where their kids go to school, then we can begin to serve them better. We understand, do their kids go to a public school? Do their kids go to a private school? Then we begin to fill in the ways that we can come alongside and go, you know what? They probably have this need. They probably would benefit from this. It would be great if we could provide financial peace class because it's difficult to raise kids and it's difficult to live a life of debt and we can get them out of debt. We can help them save for college. Those kind of things. 
just last night I was at an event for moms in the life of our church and we were just doing some get to know you type things and one of the questions that we asked of the group was what's the best thing that's happened to you this week and the woman that drew that question stopped and tears kind of came up and welled up in her eyes and she's like you know it's just been a really tough week I can't really think of anything positive and that's the type of holistic understanding that you need to have whether you're leading an organization and talking about customer service or you're just a fellow believer walking it out each and every day to realize everybody's not doing okay if I have that awareness it's going to change the way that I approach them so how do you put this principle to work What is it that that really looks like to say that we understand someone holistically? Right. So there are certain things that you want to kind of have these categories that you begin to understand who they are. It's called the compass tool. You're setting a direction for service. What we're doing is we're gaining customer knowledge and we're putting that into a systematic process. We would begin to ask, okay, well, what are their needs? So we're not just talking about basic human needs, but we're talking about situational needs. What we've got to do is we've got to consider what the customer needs from your particular company. So Disney would say this, our guests need a A A-plus vacation when they visit us. Let me repeat that. Our guests need an A-plus vacation when they visit us. So let's put this in the context of High Point Church. What do our guests need? Our guests need to find our weekend experience so appealing, our presentation so engaging, and our content so helpful that he or she wants to come back next week with a friend. Would they have a good experience if they just simply knew they had absolute confidence that they would come and our weekend experience would be so appealing, our presentation so engaging, our content so helpful that they would want to come back next week, not just themselves, but they would also want to bring a friend. So there's this needs category. Then there's also a category, all of us have needs, but we also have wants. And we feel very strongly about our wants. While the needs meet a predetermined service or a product need, our wants can be defined in terms of a desired outcome. So what the customer hopes to gain from the experience. Disney would say this, while a guest may need a vacation or an escape when they come to Disney, what do they want? What they want is magical moments that last a lifetime. They want pictures that they're going to treasure forever. They want video that they're going to put together at a highlight reel at their son or daughter's wedding. They want to capture a moment in time and let that be one of the greatest memories of their lifetime. So let's put this in the context of High Point Church. What does a guest want? A guest wants to be inspired and influenced for good. There's a lot of things in this world. It's hard to stay motivated. There's a lot of things in this world that are stressful, full of anxiety, disappointing. It's depressing to watch the news, to listen to the news. And I want to go to a place every weekend where I will be inspired and influenced for good, that I will be reminded that there is faith, hope, and love in this world, and that things can be better. You're right. There's those basic needs. Then we step it up a notch to the wants that they have. But as we consider the customer, the person that we're trying to reach, there are also stereotypes. Why is that important to be aware of? I told you earlier that no one ever has a neutral opinion. 
and they've learned about your business in one way or another. And sometimes there are other people in your industry that this may not be true of you, but they create a certain stereotype of who you are. Everyone knows that there's a lot of lawyer jokes out there. Everyone tells lawyer jokes, but there are actually good lawyers out there. There are good people who are lawyers. And so sometimes a really good, I mean, lawyer full of the highest integrity and someone that really loves the Lord and fights for justice, they've got to overcome all the stereotypes that are out there that make it difficult for them to be taken in a credible way. Well, guess what? Church has stereotypes that have been levied against it through the years. And so oftentimes what we've got to do is we've got to overcome a stereotype that we're judgmental. We've got to overcome a stereotype that the church is full of hypocrites. We've got to overcome a stereotype that the church is not relevant anymore. Our Bible's outdated that who in the world understands or thinks the Ten Commandments apply today? Well, we've got to overcome that stereotype. We've got to show them that we have timeless truth that we communicate in a timely way. And we've got to show them that the church are the furthest people in the world that should ever be a hypocrite because a hypocrite is someone who proclaims to be something they're not. A Christ follower is someone who says, I am a sinner. I am imperfect. I'm just grateful I have a Savior. And the last thing that I want to do is judge you because I don't want to be judged either. I just simply want you to receive the same forgiveness that I've received. And I simply want you to receive the same love I've received. And so what we see is that there are these stereotypes that we've got to go from not relevant to qualified. We've got to go from, I'm not sure that really works anymore, to I am confident that these people have something I don't have and that this is real and that this actually works. I've got to remove the stereotype. All they want is my money. No, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. The beauty of being a believer as we talk about applying these principles that, again, as you mentioned, come from Disney, a very secular institution. The thing that's so beautiful about what you're describing is when you think about those stereotypes, if you are a follower of Christ and you are in your church this particular Sunday, for you to care enough about that person and to be aware of those stereotypes in such a way to say, I'm not going to be frustrated with them for having those stereotypes, but I want to prove that they're not true. I want to go that extra mile to be like Christ and to point people to him for them to see what I've experienced. There's something that lives with inside of us that's going to help us instead of being like, ah, I'm so sick and tired of people having these stereotypes. No, we're moving beyond that in a service industry and within the church. Chris, the final thing in this one is near and dear to you, emotions. <laughs> uh, so I'm laughing because as you were talking about magical moments in Disney, I thought you were going to tear up on me. Why is it absolutely essential when we talk about serving people that we consider this element of emotions. Lots of things make me cry, but Mickey does not make me cry. (laughs) When you think about emotion, we must connect with our customers on an emotional level in order to differentiate ourselves from the rest of the competition. And when I say we connect with them on an emotional level, I said to you earlier that if you learn someone's name, that begins to connect with them on an emotional level. When you begin to say, hey, how's your day? And it's just kind of evident and obvious that actually maybe this isn't the best day for them. And then you can just ask another question or two. And maybe you can say, hey, listen, I hope you have a better day. Sorry you've had a bad day. Uh, I'll pray for you today. Then you're beginning to connect with someone 
on an emotional level. And, and one of the things that we have to kind of flip the paradigm, we are so accustomed that in the past, we would always try to connect with people on facts first, feelings second. And in the world of facts first, we would say, okay, because our product is better than your product in these ways, then you should choose our product because the facts prove that we're the best company versus I'm going to serve you in such a way. I'm going to care about you in such a way that I'm going to tap into understanding who you are in such a way that I'm going to build a relationship with you and I'm going to gain loyalty because of the relationship. And I'm also going to offer a very competent product. So it's our goal to create raving fans and neutral isn't neutral Neutral is actually negative. So you don't create raving fans from just having a product. You create raving fans from having a quality product, excellent product, but you have to have incredible customer service. You have to have that purpose as well that goes beyond profit. So what we must do is we must recognize and be sensitive to the different emotional levels of a customer. And you must always remember that a customer's emotions become heightened when customer service fails. When customer service fails, this is your best moment to understand that conflict is an opportunity to gain loyalty. This is your best moment to gain a customer for life. When you take something that's gone wrong, something that's gone bad, and you go above and beyond, and it even might cost you money out of your pocket in your business, you might lose money on that transaction, but you'll gain a customer for life. That's when you tap into the emotion for the positive and you create loyalty. I'm imagining that person who attends a church listening to this and thinking, gosh, this seems a little bit odd to be talking about customer service and emotions in a church, how all of this really fits in. But let me just give you a practical example. There was a gentleman that called up to our church and left a message. He didn't get a response very quickly. So he tried again and he didn't get a response very quickly. Finally, they made contact with him. Right there is an opportunity for the enemy me to cause that man to maybe not only be frustrated at high point, but walk away from church. I mean, you just never know what hangs in the balance when you are not serving people well. He needed some significant help, but we were able to come alongside. But if we're not being sensitive, when somebody has a bad service experience in a church in particular, the ramifications are not just them getting a different chicken sandwich at a different place. Place, the ramifications spiritually are significant. So you might not think about that if you don't live in the world of ministry, but it is so important that we have processes that are effective, that when a first-time guest communicates, that we respond appropriately and we meet them where they're at because they're on this journey and who knows how much work had to go into them making that phone call or them making that first step in the door. So these kind of really practical things, they're important. Important. Absolutely. I've heard it said, and I don't remember the statistic in a very precise way, but it's something along these lines that when someone has a positive experience, they may tell three to five people. But when someone has a negative experience, they may tell 10 to 15 people. So there's something about that negative experience that not only is it negative for them, and not only could it prevent them from coming to know the Lord or growing in Christ, but it could then negatively impact their family, and then it could negatively impact 
their circle of friends. So it is absolutely essential that we understand that everything that we're talking about today is for the purpose of serving people well so they have the opportunity to hear the truth of God and to respond to the truth of God in a way that makes a difference in their life and in the life of others. And most churches fail. Most nonprofits that fail they fail not because of theological reasons. They fail because of very practical reasons of just simply not doing things well. There are times that you go to the doctor, and the doctor is very, very qualified in the area of medicine. But you're sitting in his lobby getting frustrated like crazy because the office is not run well. Well, the doctor was trained in medicine. He was not trained in how to run a business. Now, a lot of doctors have gotten really smart, and they've hired business people to run the business side. But that's where pastors also have to get really smart and say, you know what? We're going to be the very, very, very best at ministering to people and loving people well, but we're also going to remove some of these unnecessary barriers that create oppositions to us ministering to people. And we're going to actually use the practical as a positive instead of a negative. There's one last principle that to me, as I'm sitting here reading, it seems a little bit odd to be saying in the context of a church. But for Disney, as you baptize these principles, as you said earlier, their third principle is to view service as an economic asset. Explain that in their context. And then how does that apply to the church? Here's what they say. Customer service cost must be viewed in light of an unshakable belief in service as an economic asset even when the returns on those costs are not immediately measurable. So service investments are about people, not issues. So what we've got to do is we've got to understand, yes, there are going to be certain costs associated with training people in customer service, with providing the resources and the tools to provide great customer service, but the return on the investment for customer service is life change. For us in the world of ministry, the return on investment to customer service is that that person feels wanted. They feel welcome. Because if they don't feel wanted and welcome, what do they feel? They feel unwanted and unwelcome. And then even in church, sometimes they feel unworthy. I heard a story yesterday that there was someone that walked into the life of our church. They were in service for a little bit. Uh, the service was going on, and they walked out, and they were obviously upset. Some of our guest services people were there. This person was kind of walking fast, and they said, can I help you? And they said, I'm sorry, I'm just upset. You know, Not a single person has talked to me here, and I've been here for 30 minutes. Our guest services people could have said, well, she's upset. I don't want to deal with that, and just kind of let her go. But two other people kind of motioned to someone else and said, I got this this and they walked out and they walked with her through the parking lot started asking questions well, we're so sorry well how can we help you that is not our heartbeat at all that is not our desire at all and they just took a negative situation and they allowed conflict to be that opportunity to gain loyalty and they listened to her and they validated her and they cared about her and then all of a sudden through that process she stayed and now has chosen to come back. And if she would not have received that customer service from our people, she would have had a completely negative experience and maybe not only not gone to our church, but not gone to anybody's church. 
it is hard to overestimate how important it is that we love people well. And obviously, within the context of our conversation, we're talking about customer service, but it really goes all the way down to the heart. In our last few minutes together, talk to us about quality standards. How does that fit into this whole thought process of having excellent customer service? I'll give you Disney's example of their four quality standards. Then there's another church that we respect a lot, that we follow a lot, called North Point. I'll give you their quality standards. We're trying to learn and discern how we're going to do this at High Point Church. So Disney's quality standards, the four of them are courtesy, efficiency, safety, and show, because they're in the entertainment business. Courtesy, efficiency, safety, and show. But now here's how a church does it. North Point Church is one of the greatest churches in our country and one that we learn from, one that we respect. And in the world of courtesy, they say show care. They want to treat every guest like a very individual person, not a very important person, a very individual person. And they want to respect the diversity of each person. And they want to go above and beyond in the ways that they notice the person and they show care. And then the second one, Disney's was efficiency. Well, North Point says they want to remain flexible. We know that when we deal with people, people are not necessarily predictable, but especially when we deal with people in church, everyone that walks in the door typically walks into the door in one of three conditions. They walk in the door with a hurting heart or a hard heart or a healthy heart. We never know what we're going to encounter. So what we've got to do is we've got to remain flexible with people. And we've got to know that we're talking about things in their life that they care deeply about. And they're trying to process that in one of those three conditions. And we need to remain flexible to love them through it. Number three, safety. One of the things that North Point says, they want to have fun. Now, they're saying we understand safety is already understood. We have to have safety. We know that's going to happen. But A little bit different when you have roller coasters. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. But they understand that church world is serious. Yes, it's very important. There's incredible truth there. But our God is also a God who created fun. He created entertainment. He created personality. He created a sense of humor. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that our guests, as they come in here, it's also a fun experience. And that doesn't mean in any way less serious, and it doesn't mean in any way less spiritual. It just means when people walk out of here, they have been encouraged. They have been inspired. They've smiled. They've seen other people that are happy. Ultimately, what we want is the end of the day is for them to say, man, I love that. And then the fourth one, Disney says their quality standard is show. North Point says they want to deliver the wow. I love that. So in the world of customer service, how do we deliver the wow? In the world of going above and beyond in the way that we serve people, in the way that we reach out to people, in the way that we meet the needs of our community on a local level, on a global level, how do we deliver the wow? In the way that we help someone who is struggling in their marriage, how do we deliver the wow? In the way that we have someone who's got a prodigal son or daughter, adult son or daughter, and and we do whatever we can to reach them, to bring them home. How do we deliver the wow in the way that there's a family that has special needs children? How do we come alongside of them and deliver the wow? Whatever your need is in life, how do we deliver the wow? Whatever your problem is in life, how do we provide a solution that delivers the wow? Wouldn't you come back to a place that showed care and that you were a very individual person to them? Wouldn't you come back to a place that was always remaining flexible, willing to work with you, whether you were in a good mood or bad mood, whether you were having a good day or a bad day? And wouldn't you come back to a place that said, wow, really, at the end of the day, that's a very important place. It's a very special place. They teach truth, but it's also it's a very fun place. Wouldn't you come back to a place that said, 
It is our goal in life to deliver the wow to you in the way that we serve you, in the way that we help you love God, in the way that we help you love people, in the way that we help you make disciples. I would consider that a wow factor. I hope that you realize how absolutely applicable this is to every single one of us as followers of Christ, that we all have a role to play. Having that opportunity to prove love works to those individuals that, like that woman that you mentioned, walk in for the first time wanting to feel loved and valued and seen as a whole person. So I hope this has been really helpful. I hope you will apply it even this Sunday as you walk into your church. We would love to follow along with you if you want to interact with either Chris or I on social media. Media. We're both on Twitter at Chris Conley, at Karen Conley with an I in Karen. Also, we have blogs, chrisconley.net and karenconley.com. And you can also find out anything about leadership going on at leadershipworksconference.org. 